In the Central African Republic, the message from Wagner is clear. It's business as usual. Less than one month after their boss, Yevgeny Prigozhin, was killed in a plane crash, mass mercenaries still guard the president and cut an intimidating figure on the streets of the capital. Faces covered, as Wagner protocol dictates, they are unapproachable and untouchable. These are the first images of Wagner fighters in the country since Prigozhin's death. That presence runs deep. The markets are full of cheap sachets of vodka and beer made by a Wagner-owned company, and the locals seem to like it. You can't drink the beer Francaise. Wow. They say they don't drink French beer, only Russian beer. We've come back to the center of Prigozhin's empire in Africa, right as his death raises questions for the regimes he protected and the mercenaries whose loyalty he inspired. Our last visit was in Wagner's early days here. Run like the mafia, providing guns and fighters and propaganda in return for gold, diamonds and timber, using intimidation and brutality along the way. That car full of Russians been following us for quite some time. We don't know why, we don't know what they want. But in this lawless, war-scarred country, one of the poorest in the world, that ruthlessness and the security it brought is celebrated by many. Wow, that is quite the t-shirt. Yes, beautiful t-shirt. Presidential advisor Fidel Guanjica says the nation is in mourning for Wagner's dead leader. He was my friend. He was my friend, best friend, a friend of all Central African people. Why exactly was Mr. Prigozhin so popular here in your mind? So aren't you nervous now that he's dead that things might change? But according to a diplomatic source here, hundreds of Wagner fighters left the Central African Republic in July after Prigozhin's failed mutiny. Those who remain, including his top lieutenants, have agreed to work for the Russian Ministry of Defense. Fighters have already been pulled back from frontline outposts to population centers in an effort to cut costs, the source says. What's less clear is what becomes of Wagner's civilian presence here. This is one of the last places that Prigozhin was seen alive during his final tour across Africa. It's called the Russian Cultural Center, only it has no connection to Russia's official cultural agency and was run until recently by Prigozhin's closest associate here. Photographs taken on that visit show a new face, a woman known as Nafisa Kiryanova. After days of asking for permission to visit, we decide to film covertly.
She shows us one of their daily Russian classes. As we step back outside, we see a Wagner fighter. You can just make him out retreating to the back of the center, where, according to the investigative group The Century, Wagner sells its gold and diamonds to VIPs and manages its timber and alcohol operations. Like most of Wagner's activities here, it's clear there is still so much that is hidden from view. We've pushed the visit far enough. It's time to go. No matter who takes over here, Western diplomats say they don't expect much to change. At the local Orthodox Church, the Greek lettering has been painted over. Its allegiance now is to the Russian patriarchy. And even in the skies above the empire Prigozhin built, Russia's dominance lives on. Clarissa Ward, CNN, Bangui.